1: Happy Monday. I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Welcome to Lucky Lefty Podcast. I'm your guy, Sean Davis at sd 2 Mics. The original Lucky Lefty himself will be right along. We are brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink by all means, make sure that you do so responsibly. You have to do it responsibly. Man. I don't know about you, but I overindulged in college basketball all weekend. (laughs) So I didn't even watch the Oscars last night. I literally dozed off. Uh, My wife loves the whole red carpet and everything. I told her I can't make it through this. I can't. But congratulations to all the winners. Uh, Over the weekend, whether it be first-time teams that made it to the tournament, field the 68 we'll get into it. I think we'll talk about JJ Starling being in the transfer portal, which we kind of knew would happen with the departure of Mike Bray. Uh, last week, we gave our five coaches that we would be interested in having replace Mike Bray. That was a new one that I got a chance to watch as he defeated my fighting alumni for the third time this year with a victory in the Big Ten tournament. And I didn't realize he had the connection to South Bend that he has. So Coach Shrewberry from Penn State is a very interesting candidate that possibly could be on the radar for that Notre Dame job with his NBA experience. And like I said, his offense is absolutely fantastic. And Penn State's going to be a problem. It's going to be a tough matchup. I don't know how far they can go, but they're going to be a tough matchup. Um, don't forget Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Lucky Lefty Podcast channel, CFB Nation and Conjunctural Irish Breakdown, all of our great content. It's the home of the misguided passion. You already know we spin it different. did release their schedule, you know, let's, let's go ahead, go over it. They're going to start spring practice on March 22nd, that Wednesday. All right. And I love it because each of these practices that we're allowed to go to specifically this one on the 22nd starts at 7 55 and it ends at 9 40, which means that I will have time More than likely, I'll probably stay in South Bend and do the show live from South Bend. So we'll have Lucky Lefty Podcast live from South Bend right after the first practice on March 22nd. And then on the 24th, that's going to be the Pro Day. March 24th is the Pro Day. 11 a.m. I'm sure it's going to be on all Big Time Networks, ESPN, NFL Network. Saturday the 25th is practice number three, begins at 1035. And then you have uh, the OC, Jared Park, is going to meet with the media. Marcus Freeman will meet with the media after that first practice, right? So he'll meet with the media, and then we'll have a lucky lefty immediately thereafter. Wednesday, March 29th, there is no media access. Then you have the 31st of March, no media access. Then on Saturday, April Fool's Day, they give us the entire practice. We actually get to see the entire practice on April the 1st. And then Tuesday, April the 4th, there's no media. April the 6th, no media. April the 12th, no media. And then our last viewing of the Notre Dame football team before the Blue and Gold game will be Friday, April the 14th. That practices once again, 7.55 a.m. That started these practices really early in comparison to what they did last year. And then, of course, on the 22nd, the Blue and Gold game. So that's the spring schedule. They have practices on the 15th, the 18th, the 19th, the 21st. And then on the 22nd is the Blue and Gold game. So it should be interesting. should be interesting. They spaced it out nicely. They decided to have the pro day after the first practice. Um, I liked it better last year. I really did. I liked it better last year where they had the pro day on the Friday, and then the first spring practice was that Saturday. So people were already in town for the pro day, and they could just stay over because the national media even stayed over for the first spring practice of Marcus Freeman. Last year. So the buzz was crazy. The buzz around the stadium, the buzz around the campus. It was absolutely amazing. Got an opportunity to just rub shoulders with a lot of national people. Some people I already knew from my time at ESPN, but yeah, interesting times. Notre Dame, that's the spring practice schedule. So what we're going to talk about today is Notre Dame's offensive ceiling, which should be pretty. Interesting to get Malik's take on this because Malik is not exactly, um, wow, I don't know. Slow down, camera. Malik is not exactly super high on transfer quarterback Sam Hartman. So I'm very interested in, in seeing what he thinks the offensive ceiling of Notre Dame can be. I'm interested in that. We'll get to that in the second half of the show. What are your brackets looking like? That's the LL question of the day. What are your March Madness brackets looking like, LL Nation? Who do you have? What are your final four teams? Who's your sleeper? What is it looking like? And who would you like to be the next head coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish? Mm, uh, Been dealing with a cough, Fred. Been dealing with a cough all weekend, so. Yeah, I'm sure my voice sounds a little bit more baritone. (laughs) Michael Parks. (laughs) He said, according to Malik, we're going to average 28 points a game. I don't think, I don't think he's going to be that harsh. I don't think he's going to be that harsh. But, you know, I think the more... You notice, if you go to see the shows that he did once he shaved off his beard, he was very nice. He was very nice, wasn't he? And then as his beard grew back, he started to become a little more grumpy. He started to become a little grumpier. So it's interesting. It's interesting. But those are the LL questions of the day. Who would you like to see as the next head coach of the Notre Dame basketball team? And then on top of that, Who are your picks in March Madness? Give us your final four. We're interested in knowing who your final four might be. Ooh, that's an interesting name I see in the chat. Very interesting. (laughs) Right in line with expectations. I want to go to a young man that we've actually had on the show as a guest. He was a great interview. If you missed that interview, it's available for, for download, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can watch it in its entirety on YouTube. And that is Caleb Smith, the transfer wide receiver out of Virginia Tech. Uh, he came from Virginia Tech. Joe Rudolph, the new offensive line coach, also came from Virginia Tech. Joe Rudolph was very complimentary of Caleb Smith and his ability to go up and get balls on 50-50, opportunities and bring them down not just in the red zone but just deep balls in general the way he tracks the ball and brings it down and so kayla smith met with the media and this is what he had to say about his connection his longtime connection with quarterback transfer quarterback sam hartman check it out i
2: think i saw you post a picture of you and sam back in the day yes i guess what's kind of the backstory behind that yeah so you know we were both uh the wake forest in the, in the same recruiting class and you know we've we've had a pretty good relationship going through uh his high school coach and my dad you know were, um, were college football teammates at the university of richmond so I, I followed his story way before the wake forest you know connection happened and then you know obviously when i found out he was coming here you know phone numbers, still the phone number so i sent him a call and we kind of just talked about how just kind of came full circle you know we started this we were going to start this college journey together, and now we're going to end it together at the same place. And then, what's just your first impressions of the receiver room up here? I mean, we're, we got a talented group, and we're led by you know a very talented coach. And that's something that you know, being in a, in college so long, I've had four to five different receiver goes at this point, which has kind of been a rotating okay. door. And you know, I'm learning, and teaching an old dog new tricks here at Notre Dame. is pretty much what I can you know sum it up as and then coach rudolph i'm sure you didn't work with him that much but i guess what's kind of his personality like in coaching oh man i mean i guess as a non-offensive lineman player he was probably my favorite guy to interact with you know in the buildings at virginia tech you know just you know always got a smile on his face can always you know bring you out of whatever mood you're in but you know once you hit that field you know that's when you you really see coach rudolph and you know it's the real deal and you know as as an outside position looking in uh, i'll be like man like Man, that coach was hard on you, but all, all the offensive always loved him, had the most respect for him. And that's something that when I found out he was coming here, I was like, man, I, I, I'm so excited. I think the first day he got here, he came in during a workout. I remember there, gave him a hug, said, coach, I'm glad you're here.
1: Transfer wide receiver Kayla Smith from Virginia Tech Talking about his longtime connection to Sam Hartman, they both are committed to Wake Forest coming out of high school. Thought that their careers would be forced there together. And unfortunately, things didn't happen that way. He ends up at Virginia Tech only for things to come full circle. And they both will be ending their careers with the University of Notre Dame. He also talked about his relationship. joe rudolph the more i hear about joe rudolph from people outside the building and then hearing from the players that know him that either he recruited before they decided to come to notre dame or like an example with caleb smith someone that was there at virginia tech with him let me tell you something i feel so much better about the hire week by week like day by day week by week, I feel so much better about this hire, right? Because we said last week that the biggest shoe to feel and the person in Notre Dame will possibly miss the most moving forward in this 2023 campaign would be Harry Heastan as the offensive line coach just because what he's meant, right? And what he elevated, how he elevated that offensive line. Like, let's, let's be real. The turnaround of that offensive line literally happened in the middle of the game. I don't know what adjustments were made at halftime of the Cal game, but that offensive line made adjustments, and then they went and blasted North Carolina the following week, and they just took off. They took off. And, yo, everyone else, the running backs and the rest of the team got on the back of the offensive line, and they forced to a 9-4 and four season with an opportunity to possibly be 10-3. and three. Yeah, we the Stanford game was the low light. The Stanford game was the low light. They didn't play their best that game as an offensive line, as a unit. And then on top of that, I think that uh, honestly the Stanford game might have been Blake Fisher's worst game all year for multiple reasons. Blake Fisher did not have a good game that night. He just didn't. And I think he would admit to that. So with all of that being said, the hiring of Joe Rudolph – Becomes even stronger in my mind, even stronger in my mind, and I feel very confident about him and what he's going to be able to do with the offensive line moving forward. In the midst of the loss of Harry Heastin, Lucky Lefty podcast. So, Kayla Smith, right there, you know, he's a confident kid. I think we picked that up when he interviewed with us right here on the Lucky Lefty podcast. We asked about his goals and what he wanted to. You know, he said he wanted to win the Belitnikov, and it was like, "Yo, that's just hearing someone say that on Notre Dame's team is inspiring within itself." Because I don't even think we said that or even felt that since the Michael Floyd Golden Tate days, right? And we're going back some years, right? But to have someone within those walls. I think we have two running backs that really believe they have an opportunity to win the dope walker. They've talked about that. Uh, they both tweeted out that they wanted to be in New York with the opportunity to win the Heisman. They've talked about that. So that confidence from that running back room that's been developed and Dila De McCullough giving them that confidence. Not just Alger Estiman Logan Diggs, but I think everybody in that room is going to feed off that same energy. The wide receiver room is something different and and a lot of people didn't understand why i said chancy stuckey is a coach on the staff that's under the microscope for me but it's for that very it's for that very reason we understood the lack of recruiting the number of transfers and how that led to the wide receiver room being at a deficit we understood that right and you come in you're one you have one year under your belt as a coach on the power five level you come from Baylor. You come to the University of Notre Dame. You plant your flag as a recruit. But then that are just some mixed signals as far as the coaching. Like, we see development. You've seen the Braden Lindsey video <laughs> that we made viral. Like, we're, we're not going to play it today. But you understand the task at hand based upon the previous wide receiver coach. It was literally back to the basics for Notre Dame and the wide receiver group. All right, you bring in a Tobias Merriweather. I think everyone expected more production from Tobias Merriweather based upon what he was doing in fall practices, right, and the reports that we were getting and what we saw with our own eyes when he was out there making plays on the starters in the secondary. So we expected more. And even in expecting more, we did not expect the quarterback situation to be – Um as subpar as it was, right? We did not expect Tyler to come out and fully expected Tyler to be better. But, you know, he just wasn't. And he wasn't able to have the whole team on his shoulders like the offensive coordinator set him up to have in the first two games. It was just unfortunate. It was almost like a total misunderstanding of what he had on the offensive side of the ball and what to do with it from the coordinator standpoint, right? And it's almost like he was trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, right? And it just didn't make any sense. That's, that was one of my biggest gripes with Tommy Reese, right? The lack of understanding of what you have. The lack of understanding of what you have and getting the best out of it. I think it was clear in the blue and gold game. I know I stepped away from the blue and gold game. I know you say it was just a scrimmage, but I felt something was off with Drew Pine even after the blue and gold game. I really did. And I got to watch some spring practices as well. So I just I didn't just come to that conclusion based upon the scrimmage. There were some other things in the spring practices leading up to the blue and gold game where I said to myself, I'm confused as to why other people think Drew Pine is winning this quarterback battle. Like, I have no clue what they're seeing. None. Because there is not one session that I've watched leading up to the Blue and Gold game last year where Drew Pine was the leader at the quarterback position. And that's not to even say that Tyler Buckner had great days every time I was there to view practice. He didn't. But, man, what you saw at the Blue and Gold game – that's what I saw the entire spring. So going into the fall, you expected things to get better, but they didn't. And that goes back to the old adage where people show you who they are, believe them. And honestly, if we had believed some of the things that we saw, we would have known going into the season that the quarterback situation was not as stable as we possibly wanted to believe at Notre Dame. So – What is the offensive ceiling at Notre Dame? What is it? We're going to get to it shortly. But it's very interesting. If you have a top five, top six quarterback, which I think Notre Dame has a top six, seven quarterback in college football. That's just based upon my list. I think that sets you up to be able to have the ability to put up 40 points per game, close to 40 points per game. You need that. And I don't care how many points they put up against Duke. I don't care how many points they put up against Tennessee State. I want to see the points per game against Clemson, USC, and Ohio State. That's the most important thing to me. What what will the points per game be against the three best opponents? Because you have to be able to score points against good defenses. You have to be. You have to be. Right? Right? So the ceiling is not based upon the rest of the schedule, in my opinion. In my opinion, my ceiling on judging the ceiling for Notre Dame is going to be based upon what they do against those three teams. And I'm sure that's going to be a sleeper team that jumps up on the schedule that we didn't probably think would be as good as they ended up being in the preseason. We'll get to that game and we'll be like, oh, man, they were much better than we thought they would be. It could be duke early you never know it could be another team down the road i know a lot of people think north carolina state at some point is going to be a difficult opponent for notre dame but it's, it's going to be very interesting it's going to be very interesting to see how those things play out what's going on man what's this conversation about peanut butter and jelly in the chat you guys are wild max back <laughs> 10 Thank you for tapping in. It says 35 to 38 points per game. Coffees for closers. 40 plus if the quarterback play is good. Now see, this is this is why, once again, I want to point out that when I say someone is under the microscope, that's not the same as saying they're on the hot seat. If I said Chansey Stucky was on the hot seat, then that's like, yo. Well, you think his job is in jeopardy? That's basically what I would be saying if I said that. When I say Chancy Stucky is under the microscope, it's like, okay, it's go time. You didn't have the resources. It was your first year as a coach. This year, you know the lay of the land. Guys have been under you for a year. And you're bringing in three very talented freshmen that need to find a way to get on the field and be productive in this offense now that the quarterback situation seems like it's solved itself or that it's been solved by marcus freeman that wide receiver group the offensive line check running backs check quarterback check the only question mark is the wide receiver group that's fair that's fair to say let me know if i'm wrong ll nation let me know if I'm wrong, Notre Dame fans. Offensive line, Check. Running backs? Check. Quarterback? Check. Wide receivers? Who's the dog in the room? Who's the number one? Will the youngsters be productive? We might have a feeling based upon certain things, I like guess. What evidence can you give me? That's why last week, when I chose my dog in that room, I had to go by the limited evidence that I had. And there's only one guy that's shown me in a big game that they can go crazy. And he's coming off a very inconsistent gear in Larizzo Styles Jr. When I mean go crazy, I'm talking about put up 100 yards, touchdowns. Jaden Thomas has done some things. But he hasn't put up crazy numbers in big games. He hasn't gone over 100 with multiple touchdowns. He hasn't done that. Can he be the safety blanket? Can he be the third down guy? Can he be the route runner? The guy that you depend on in a crunch? He could be. He could be. But who's going to be the dog? Who's going to be the dog? Like I don't know who the quarterback at Ohio State is going to be whatever quarterback takes the field, he takes the field with two dogs in the wide receiver room. Two. That's a great feeling for your quarterback. So who's going to give Sam Hartman the comfort in that wide receiver room? Who's going to give him the comfort? Who? And it's for this reason that, yes, for me, Chancy Stuckey's under the microscope. Like, all right, coach. Let's see what your boys have. Let's see what your boys have, because the offensive ceiling could be very high if this wide receiver group becomes very productive. Is Caleb Smith that guy? Can he be that guy? His personal goals are that of a dog. When you talk about winning the Belichick, when you talk about coming in, putting up a thousand yards, as he told us right here. On the Lucky Lefty podcast,
0: could he be that guy?
1: Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, always Lucky Lefty podcast share hit that like button subscribe cfp nation in conjunction with irish Breakdown all of our great content it's the lucky lefty podcast you already know we spin it different i'm very intrigued though to say the least i'm very intrigued Jay henry has a question does chancy come in and tell kids that in the wide receiving room challenged them to become the number one guy. Um, that's an interesting question because he has a very detailed view of what he wants his wide receiving room to be like. He gives roles to guys. And when we spoke to him, when he first got to Notre Dame, those roles were based upon uh, a basketball team. <clears throat> he wanted his point guard and his three guy, as he detailed, to be his go-getters and his dogs and his leaders in the room. So I would say, yes, there are probably about two or three guys that he talks to individually to say, yo, you have to be the guy or you have to be a number one or you have to be a dog. But he specified that. And then he said he has a stretch four and five. Those are my bigger receivers. That can go up and get the ball. They can be beast in a red zone. He has a very detailed view of how he recruits to the wide receiver room and how he develops within that wide receiver room. I know he has a ton of size. He has a ton of size. When you can go 6'3", 6'4", 6'4", 6'2", and a four wide receiver set across the board and pretty much run four verts, With the running backs that you have and see how the defense reacts to that that's yo that's something else that's something else so for the first time in a long time i think notre dame will step on the field and the wide receiver room will be an advantage i can't tell you the last time Maybe the days of going back to 15, 16, like 14, 15, 16, when you had like Will and, and Robinson and <laughs> Will Robinson <laughs> lost his space. It just made me think about the show I used to watch when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, Will Fuller. Yeah, uh, Robinson. Yeah, CJ, who was in fourteen, was still at wide receiver. Uh, you had Torrey Hunter Jr. They just had depth, right? You felt like going into a game, no matter who was in the game, you can get, you can do damage. I think you're starting to feel that. We should feel that. We should feel that. So we'll see. Anthony Solomon you see a possibility of TB12 beating out Sam? Man, um, Malik does. Malik does. The TB12 against SC in a bowl game was a nice option at quarterback. You know what? I think Brian Driscoll wrote an article, and Malik has said this. Malik's very upset, right, because Malik feels like (laughs) last year would have been different. And this year would have been different if Notre Dame had done what they needed to do in the 20 season, no, in the 21 season, when he felt like, look, this is a clear, clearly a transition season. We're not winning anything. Let Tyler Buckner play. Let him get his mental reps. And by the time he, he's a sophomore, dude will be ready to go. He'll be ready to go which means that he would have been three years he would have been a year further ahead in his development would he have been healthy probably not the way he plays the game and the way top the way tommy reese called games when he was at quarterback probably not but that was his desire that was malik's desire and yeah lilo galante yes danger will robinson danger (laughs) but me personally I I think Sam Hartman's the guy right Sam Hartman's the guy and I've been very clear about this Sam Hartman was brought here for three games on the schedule like we know look I hear you out there you say well we lost to Stanford and Marshall last year that's fair that's fair but in the grand scheme of things, on an annual basis, I don't think Notre Dame sees itself as a program that's going to be losing to the likes of Marshall and Stanford on a consistent basis. So when you're bringing a quarterback, you're bringing that quarterback to get you over the hump in the biggest of games. And that's why Sam Hartman was brought here. right? We shared last week when they had the conversation with Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine and told them they were going out to get a quarterback. Heck, Drew Pine? I'm Drew Pine is sitting there saying, look, you can say what you want to say, but when I when I started games, here's my record. I've proven I can beat the bad teams, except for Stanford. And Drew Pine probably got upset and said, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm transferring. And that's because the coaching staff of Marcus Freeman said, look, what we have in this room is not good enough. That was an honest assessment from your head coach. A tough assessment. Tough conversation to have. But he was willing to have it. He was willing to have it and be straight up with those quarterbacks and say, yo, Tyler's going to be the starter in the bowl game. He was the starter before he got injured. He's going to be the starter in the bowl game. And moving forward, we need to find a quarterback. And we're going to bring in a quarterback that can help us improve the quarterback room. That's the truth of the matter. So that's the reason why he was brought here. He was he was brought here to elevate the offense and improve the ceiling of the offense at Notre Dame. That's what he was brought here for. So we're going to get into the specifics. And left, I hope left is dealing with something. If he wants to tell you about it, he can tell you about it. But he's dealing with something that's extremely funny right now. As a dad, <laughs> so when I was talking to him before the show, and I said, "Look, I'm just going to start the show because I don't want everybody waiting," but I'm dying laughing on the phone because he's shaking his head, saying, "Man, I can't believe I'm dealing with this." And I'm like, "Yeah, buddy, welcome to fatherhood, my man. Welcome to fatherhood." Shout out to Neil Ivy and the women's basketball team, three seed, right, three seed, and if they win. They might end up facing my fight in That's crazy, right? They might end up facing my fight in if they win. They'll kill Illinois, right? I know everyone's waiting for the feedback on Olivia Miles, right? What's going on with her knee? I honestly think Notre Dame, relax. Give it a week. Notre Dame can get to the Sweet 16 without Olivia Miles. The program and the roster is good enough. Of course, you want your best players ready to go at the start of the tournament. But she's built a a roster and built a program that's strong enough to get to the Sweet 16 without Olivia Miles. If I'm not mistaken, Eric Hansen tweeted out that they're waiting for further update early this week to see how she's progressed and see whether or not she'll be ready to go this weekend so our prayers and our thoughts out to her and speedy recovery but you know our coach ivy has done an incredible job and i'm sure they'll be able to make it to this week 16 and hopefully get olivia miles back on track jj starlin star guard he transfers i'm shocked I i thought he might try to go to the league honestly i guess he didn't have the numbers but he has sound people around him to let him know. though, no, you need about one more year before you try. Before you try to make the jump. Before you try to make the jump. So, well, we've gotten to chicken pox and potty training in the chat. Oh man. So, the second part of the show, I got to get my boy on. I'm about to do something crazy. You know me. I spend it different. I'm literally, as I'm talking, about to uh, call left and let him know, like, look, man, I'm coming off a rough weekend. Throat is not at its best. Sounded like Barry White. I need you to tag in right now. (laughs) No, it's not a Notre Dame shirt that I have on. It's a polo shirt.
0: Nine.
1: So hopefully he'll be on in a second. Oh, let's see. Ah, we can get to this. Before we really dig into the offensive ceiling for Notre Dame, what unit? And do you guys agree with me with the wide receiver unit being the key to Notre Dame's overall success? Do you agree that the wide receiver room is the one position group that holds the key to the overall success for Notre Dame? What's up, Donnie Cruz, our guy? I know you're happy with your Blue Devils winning the ACC tournament championship over the weekend one of the hottest teams in the nation i like the young boys that filipowski kid is is yo to be that big and be that nimble and having the shooting touch that he has i like that kid a lot i do there's not a lot of duke players that i like but i like that kid a lot i really do i really do (laughs)